C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood. Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And we are here with our year-end special and 2020. What a year it's been. I know. It might. We're also recording this on election day. So who knows what the world will look like when you're hearing this. We could be straight Gilead, like Handmaid's Tale. Who even knows? I mean... Owned by our husbands. Oh, my God. Well, at least you have a husband to be owned by, so That's you have true. at least that going for you. David's a nice guy. He wouldn't David treat you nice poorly. Guy. Yeah. He says, I'll still let you eat food and maybe occasionally read a book, so... Oh, my God. Well, if you, could, you Yeah. If you couldn't read books, that would be, I feel like, the worst part of Gilead for you. Oh, my God. So I'm currently watching The Handmaid's Tale because oh I was God. like, that's nice election day... <laughs> Uh, reading or watching. Oh, God. Uh, So I and I say to David all the time, I'm like, oh, my God, if somebody took away all the books, of course, I would also be violently gardening like Mrs. Waterford, because I was like, I would not be able I would explode. I I would actually explode. Literally. I know. I love that show. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, I feel like we kind of banked a bunch of episodes you know, like a month or two back and we've been slowly like releasing them. But I feel like there's been so many things that have happening and we haven't had kind of a solo episode just us. So we thought this would be a nice um, kind of end note just to do our normal segments and give some life updates and then, Mm -hmm. you know, give ourselves some chill time over the holidays and then come back in the new year with some exciting guests, Mm -hmm. exciting new stuff. It'll be really fun. But maybe... We can do like millennial moments slash life update. I love I it. Because I, I feel like we both have stuff going on. You have a new roommate. I you do. You got married. I, I did. I did. So maybe we can start yeah, with you. Funny. Yours are more exciting. Mine are all sad. Oh, oh Maddie. Maybe, maybe I'll go first because then we can end on the okay, high note. Why don't you go first? We'll end on a high note. It's not really that sad, but I, I feel an obligation to talk about it. Shay already knows this. But um, Corey and I are no longer... I don't know how to say it. It's so funny because I've been doing this to so many people. I'm like, I don't want to be like Corey and I broke up. Oh, that's that just what like, I would sounds say. weird. Broke but, up like high school teenagers. I know. It's weird. I don't know. I was talking to, well, this is like another tangential thing for later, but, you know, not to get too ahead of my breakup, but I've been having some conversations with the lovely Lily Womble, former guest of the mm-hmm. pod and person that we love. And, she talks a lot about like the language of like partner versus boyfriend girlfriend and like mm. what that symbolizes and she i think she talked about this when she was on the pod like she actually like she wears a ring like an engagement ring and her partner wears a wedding band but they're not actually like married or like planning on doing anything like official like that but they call each other like life partners which at mm. first i i always kind of eye roll at that but i think from hearing her talk about that philosophy, she's like, yeah, it fits. We live together. We're more than just, like, boyfriend-girlfriend. 
we are each other's like partner. So that's why I'm like, I, I too feel the same way because Corey and I were together for so long and we lived together. So um, it's been interesting the past like couple weeks. I feel like you felt this way. I feel like I'm telling the story like all out of order, which I'll get back to like, you know, because people might be like shocked. I don't know. But um, I feel I'm telling it kind of backwards of like where I am now back to the breakup. But I feel um, similarly to like when you get engaged or when you get married, it's like everyone's opinions come out of the woodwork. That's kind of mm. what I've been dealing with the past couple weeks of like mm. everyone like either was harboring opinions about my relationship or about me or about Corey that they're like, oh, my God, thank God. Now I can actually tell you how I really oh feel. My God. And I'm like, I don't need that, first of all. But people yes, do that. I have so many opinions about that, too. And yeah, why that's so well, we dangerous. can discuss that. And I would love to hear your opinions on that because it's, like, truly wild. And then um, just, like, people demanding to know why and, like, mm similarly to when you get engaged everyone like on day two is like when are you getting married when are you having kids da, 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 da. and it's so annoying and it's the same way when you break up and it's like especially when you live together everyone's like well has he immediately moved out you're immediately mm. like not talking and I'm like no we live together like you can't just like especially when it's not a contentious thing and that's what I want to make it clear before we move on with our discussion points like Corey is amazing we love Corey. He's still a friend of the pod. He's still a great guy. I can't say enough good things. It wasn't like a contentious thing. It wasn't like, you know, there was some egregious like wrongdoing. It was just we're not meant to be each other's person forever. And I also feel like the timing with COVID and especially the one of our more recent episodes with Nicole, the wedding coach, we were kind of talking through like COVID couples and stuff like that. And I said a lot of things, which I still stand by. It's like, it sounds a little counterintuitive or like I'm obfuscating and like not wanting to talk about it publicly. Like I'm a pretty open book and it's just not as like scandalous. And it's not because we have been in lockdown during COVID and we decided that we hate each other. So it might seem like that because there, I know are a lot of people coming out of COVID and coming out of lockdown and breaking up or whatever. And it's really not that. I think there were some, um, particular instances that happened that I'm not really going to go into that kind of forced a little bit of a reckoning. But even if those things hadn't happened the way that they happened, I think the outcome would have been the same, that we just came to the conclusion that we need to spend some time apart, figure out stuff on our own, figure out stuff with family and friends and like life logistical things that just weren't aligned. And it doesn't mean that either of us are bad people or that our relationship was... um a bad thing and I'm actually doing pretty well and that's that's the other reaction that I get from people particularly like I was out with a group of friends earlier this week and like there was one friend in particular and she's like I don't know why you're not how are you even here right now having this conversation how are you not like having an emotional breakdown and I'm like it's fine people process things differently just because I'm in a fine emotional state does not mean that I'm not taking the breakup seriously or that I didn't care about Corey, or that I didn't care about my relationship. It's just, like, not everything has to be, like, a dramatic high school, like, mm-hmm. well, now he sucks, and I'm crossing his name off my notebook forever. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not like that, and I think, like, you know, he is still here, and I think it will really hit me when he moves out, and we kind of, like, finalize that transition, um, but for now, I'm enjoying 
the company and like we're taking it day by day and I appreciate especially with this podcast Corey's also always been super supportive he was one of our first guests he's been on a couple times like that's always been something that I've really loved about him especially because I have talked about some pretty private things on this podcast for everyone and so I just wanted to thank him for that and let everyone know I'm fine things are fine we're working through it it's not ideal but I don't feel like the last four years were a waste I feel like I learned a lot about myself Corey and I are both going to be fine independently and I'm excited for what the future holds well thank you Maddie I'm glad that you share that with our listeners and Everyone loves you, and we look forward to hearing about your future adventures in love (laughs) or in singledom. Yeah, we'll see. There's some – it's going to be interesting because we haven't – I've always been in a relationship when we've done this podcast. Like, Corey's always been there, so I think it'll be an interesting, fresh dynamic, and I think it's a lot – it's something that a lot of millennial – women obviously face and we talk a lot about dating and stuff and obviously Shay and David got together in the midst of us doing this podcast so it'll be an interesting flavor going into the new year to see what happens um but at this point I don't want to like I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself because I do want to like properly grieve my relationship and also give like the space and respect to Corey that he deserves and like properly get through this like transitional period um but yeah I don't know if you have any opinions Jay on the other stuff that I was talking about about people just like having opinions about everything that well I was just gonna say I mean I feel like with all of our friends partners or boyfriends or husbands or wives we have opinions right and some of them are positive and some of them are negative and we generally have those potentially negative opinions because we are protective of our friend but You know, I've had this come up a couple times in my life where I've had friends dating people who, for whatever reason, I didn't think were the right fit for that person. And I've really struggled with, you know, do you say something or do you not say something, right? Like, where is that line and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I can tell you, sure as heck, do not say anything after they've broken (laughs) up. Because if I had been all like, Corey's the worst, Corey sucks, which he doesn't, I much respect for Corey and I, I truly... Truly, Corey, if you're listening, I wish you all the best and sending you lots of love and light. But, um, you know, if I said that to you, Maddie, and then two weeks from now you and Corey get back together, then I'm like, as your friend, as one of your closest friends, as someone who I consider like, you know, you're part of my family, you do not want to be the bestie who said a bunch of shitty things about your partner during the three weeks you broke up and then you're sitting at the silver wedding anniversary (laughs) and that person never really like felt the same way towards you. And of of course, right. There are lines to this. Like if the person is abusive, which, and honestly, if the person is abusive, you should say something to your friend before they break up. Um, but I just feel like I've seen this happen so many times where that I'm like, I really, you probably shouldn't have said anything because now you're going to have to deal with this like awkwardness for decades. Yeah. And even the opposite is true. Like I've seen that happen as well, where like the person might not be abusive, but maybe they're just not a good fit. And if everyone in the friend group is like gushing all over them and is like, Oh my God, this person is like the most amazing guy ever. Mm -hmm. 
and like they actually really want to break up with them, it could make them stay in a relationship that's not really serving them longer. So I think that's the biggest thing. I would say there's three things that I've learned from this outside of just like dealing with the interpersonal stuff with Corey and I that's kind of private and I don't really feel like talking about it. But um, I feel like there's three things. One is, you know, people just feeling like they can just express whatever feelings they had about me or the relationship or about Corey now that it's over they're like oh which is what we were just talking about then the second thing is people expecting you to have a particular emotional response when like even in actual life I'm not I'm a pretty I'm like an Enneagram 8 I'm not a very emotional person but like I do have emotions I'm not a psychopath and like I've had a number of people in my life be like why are you not more sad? Why are you not more upset? And I'm like, do you want me to feel worse? Are you trying to make me feel bad because I have like healthy emotional coping mechanisms and I actually know how to deal with stuff, bad things happening in life and I don't let it affect me in a negative way? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you trying to make my life harder? So that's my big PSA too. like let people in any type of loss of life, like it is a big loss for me, this loss of the relationship. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. But let people grieve loss however they want to grieve on their own timeline. Like, that's the big thing. And, like, don't make it a pity party. Like, there's been a lot of people who have, like, tried to make it a pity party. And I'm like, no, that's the last thing I want. Um, so I think those those are kind of the two biggest things for me. And they kind of center around people making something that's completely not about them about them. And I don't think it's appropriate and I don't appreciate it. So if any of my friends that do that, which they probably won't identify it in themselves, even listening to this, stop doing that. It's annoying. But I will say I really appreciate the friends that have like Shay that appropriately were there for me um, throughout all of this and were there for advice and have been there since then. But yeah, I'm excited for the future and I'm excited for Corey too. Again, this was like it was kind of driven by one side but since then we've had a lot of conversations and I think um I feel comfortable speaking on behalf of both of us that it feels very mutual at this point and there's a mutual understanding and respect and we're both excited about our futures apart and I'm really excited about that so I feel very optimistic on this election day eve looking into like the next kind of couple months of you know a lot of family a lot of holidays traveling that kind of stuff and then coming into the new year which has a lot of uncertainty with covid and the election and everything but a a door wide open for me for something different and new in a lot of ways and i got promoted recently too i don't know if i talked about that on the pod but that's my other life update so now we can go into your more exciting life updates shay oh yes well how was your wedding married it was Excellent. Uh, if you guys listened to our episode with Nicole, who was my amazing wedding coach and officiant, uh, she did an amazing job, by the way. Her speech was just yeah. so good. Uh, her whole service, I guess. Um, and it was, you know, it was very, it was a, just, it was a perfect day. And it was so funny mm-hmm. because it was raining cats and dogs for like three or four days before the wedding. So we had to put our rain plan into effect. And my amazing cousins, former guests of the cod of the pod, Kristen, and my other cousin Aaron basically threw this entire wedding for me together in 18 hours in Kristen's backyard. 
And um, it was amazing. Prolympics, and it looks V professional. So great job. Yes. So it was really, it was really lovely. And we just had a great day and it was very COVID safe. We had, I think, 11, well, 13 people total pop in and out. But our little wedding was just the four of us and our two witnesses and Nicole. And it was just very, um, very lovely and very small and very lovely. I keep saying the word lovely because that's really the only way to describe it. And then we went to the coast for a couple of days for a mini honeymoon and it was beautiful weather. I didn't actually know it could get hot. Like (laughs) you would want to wear a bathing suit on the coast here, but it was warm and, and lovely. And despite COVID, we still managed to have a great time and, um, stay safe and, and all of that. So that was really exciting. And then, you know, this fall for me has been a lot about work. And I think there will be a lot of exciting things to share with our listeners um, after the new year, including some things I have yet to share with Maddie, but all good things, nothing dramatic, just if the listeners want to buy some stuff from me. So, hey, listeners, I'm going to be doing some sales. No, nothing bad. Just if you want more of me, I'll tell you where to find me and you can pay like 20 American dollars for it. Love it. Um, But yeah, so that's very exciting. And then in other news, my dear friend and former guest of the pod, she was like our fourth or fifth guest way back in the beginning. An OG. An OG, uh, Jen, has moved to Oregon, uh, actually is kind of working, I wouldn't say working with me, but working in my uh, sphere of in my weird maybe? constellation of work. Yeah. So it's been really fun to have her. She's been here for about a week. Of course, it's also been a little nerve wracking trying to social distance and quarantine until she can officially be in our pod. But so far, no one's been stricken ill with the COVID knock on wood. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that's all been great. Enjoying married life. Um, we did a socially distanced Halloween candy shoot over mm. at guest of the pod, Kristen's house. Um, Love that. and that's about all time is flowing quickly and yet slowly as it has been I throughout, know. throughout the COVID. Yeah, no, I I'm love very that. anxious about the election. I'm just going to say, right. I know by the time everyone listens to this, I was feeling good that's about a good it. snapshot in time. You know, it's like yeah. when we were talking about COVID in April and I was like, it's going to last for three days, guys. So it's nice to, you know, keep yourself accountable. But before I do want to talk about the election, but before we talk about that, I just want to say I'm so happy. Obviously, we talked a little bit more about your wedding offline. And I'm just so mm-hmm. happy that like, you know, especially after the episode with Nicole, which people should definitely listen to that if they're interested in our wedding deep dive and everything. But like, it sucks to have to cancel your wedding. I'm sure there are many 2020 brides that can like attest to that and having to postpone it and I'm just so glad after all that like it was lovely and it's what you wanted and it's really beautiful I've seen some sneak peek pics and I'm excited for the video to come out and um we have a photo on our Instagram of a little sneak peek pic with Nicole's episode as well but I'm just so happy and it just seemed so fun and joyful and beautiful and like low stress which I know is what you wanted so I'm just really happy for you that that happened and with Jen I'm excited for her new opportunity in Oregon obviously sad that she's leaving New York selfishly Mm -hmm. but it gives me more of an excuse to go um visit you guys not that I didn't have enough of a reason before but I think um I really give her credit as well because I know it's hard she has a lot of family on the east coast and stuff it's a really so Jen if you're listening props to you because I know there were some haters out there that were trying to selfishly get you to not live your best life. So 
Um, well, good for her. Um, she's going to be living her best life here, and it is going to be amazing. I know. Very exciting. And you get, you know, more fun stuff. Not that David's, you know, not a great companion, but sometimes, you know, after all this quarantining together, I'm sure it's nice having a bestie there. It's always nice to have more people in the pod. Yeah. I will say. I know. I want to be in the pod. I want to be an honorary pod well, member. I mean, you are always an honorary pod member, particularly because you have the antibodies. Yes. Um, I so should you get can come visit whenever yeah, you want. I know. So election time. Yeah. I've kind of oscillated the past couple of days. But what I will say, I was actually talking to a coworker and maybe um, Shay, I'm interested if you feel differently because mostly because Oregon has like an actual legit mail voting system. And I say that because you guys have been mm-hmm. doing it for many years, not this like ramshackle nonsense that like Pennsylvania, for example, is trying to do oh, on Lord. like a shoestring. Um, I digress. But I will say like going into yesterday, I was like in a very weird headspace and I'll say it publicly on the pod I have no shame but I was just like I I love elections which I'll get into why and we love Mm -hmm. voting we've talked about that a lot Mm -hmm. on this pod but like I just love election night it's like the Oscars or like the Super Bowl it's just like I have so many memories and I just find the whole process fascinating I love America I love this country I love democracy all of it and so I'm always like very excited but last night I was like in a in a weird way it's just like the end of an era and I was kind Mm -hmm. of like flipping around on the television and I was like regardless of your politics or like who wins or loses it just like was a thought that popped into my mind and I was like there's never gonna be a Trump rally ever again even if he wins he's never gonna campaign ever again Mm -hmm. and I was like that's so weird to think about because like yeah he does them all the time and especially in the COVID that you know it's just like craziness and I was like, wow, that's so weird. And Trump, like, famously, the last election, he had his last campaign rally in Michigan, and he went to the same location for, like, good juju last night. Mm-hmm. And I, like, felt compelled to watch it just because, not because I, like, wanted to be there, but just because I was like, this is a cultural moment in time that's never going to happen ever again. Like, he's never going to campaign for office ever again. And that gave me, like, a weird feeling, but also a little bit of Mm -hmm. comfort, just, like, regardless of what happens, we'll never have to deal with that nonsense ever again. But, so I was doing that last night, but it just made me feel weird because I was like, why am I doing this? It was, like, a compulsion that I was like, ah. And then I woke up this morning, and I went to go vote, and, like, it was a little bit of a longer line, but mostly, I think, because of the social distancing thing, like, they just weren't letting people go Mm -hmm. freely it was like more of a metered thing but it was just like so fun being in community in line with people there were like all the poll workers were like super fun and like pepped up and like excited to be there and like I got my little sticker and it was just like fun and there was like a lady who was like in front of me to like put the little ballot in the little machine that counts the votes Mm-hmm. And she started crying because she had, like, just gotten citizenship. And she was like, I've been wanting to vote for 10 years and I never could because I wasn't a citizen. It was, like, her first time voting and people were, like, clapping around her. And it was just, mm-hmm. like, really nice, fun energy. And that's kind of kept me going throughout the whole day. And I feel bad, Shay, because you guys don't have that, like, sense of voting community with the yeah. mail voting. And yeah. so I'm wondering if that's leading to a little bit of the like anxiety and general malaise that you're feeling. Cause I'm kind of riding high from the, like, I love democracy. I love voting. I love this lady. I got to vote. And it was definitely like way increased voter turnout, which I love like just across the board, more people voted early than like have ever before. And like my polling place was definitely way busier, even in New York where like 
we all know how the outcome is going to be. People have every excuse not to vote and people still were. It was just like mm-hmm. really nice. I don't know. So I've had a great day. <laughs> I mean, no, that's great. I mean, I, I think it's very interesting because I, much like you, Maddie, I love voting. Voting is really important to me. Um, I really encourage a lot of people to vote. I think David and I had a conversation at the beginning of our relationship that if he didn't vote, if that wasn't a value for him, there would be no more relationship. And clearly, we have now come to embrace voting together. Um, so I love voting. And, it, and it's I think I've told this story on here before, you know, my first election I was able to vote in, I was actually studying abroad. And I like fed x my absentee ballot for John Kerry. And then he still lost. And I was like, I'm glad I spent 57 euros on that. <laughs> Worth it. Um, I know. I John Kerry, you personally owe me 57 euros. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then I, I did an absentee ballot a couple other times. And I the first time I actually voted, uh, you know, I voted in some some midterm elections and some smaller local elections. But it was in New York and it was voting for, for Hillary. And I think why I feel a little jaded is I remember having that same experience that you were just describing, Maddie. And the the 2016 election was just yeah well i think a lot of people I mean, have actually, like ptsd from that and too. actually i like and i'm also not- i i do like to say this too not to cut you off shay cuz i definitely yeah. want you to continue that but i like i'm not as wrapped up in the outcome and maybe this makes me a little bit too optimistic and i'm also speaking from a place of privilege obviously the last 4 years has not been a real sunny walk in the park for a lot of people and I want to acknowledge that. But I think, like, for me, um, like, casting my vote is less about, like, I hope the person that I voted for wins and more just about, like, participating in the process. And I don't have, like, a lot of emotion wrapped up in who wins. And so I understand if that's, like, the motivating factor for people, why you would feel anxious and have yeah. a bad feeling about 2016. But for me, it's more just, like, and... I understand, again, I want to make it really clear for people, like, I'm speaking from a place of, like, I live in kind of a liberal bubble, like, all of my representatives are all of the same party, like, I'm a white woman that has a job, I didn't lose my job during COVID, like, there's so many reasons why people would be very, very fed up with the last four years and very in an unsafe spot, Um, but for me, I think, like, election day reminds me that like America and democracy at its best like transcends all of that and maybe that makes me a little um Pollyannish I don't know but that's how I feel but go on Shay with what you were saying no no I love and I was gonna just correct myself that I think the actually the first time I voted in a poll was for Obama in 2012 but I mean I think I think it's I think it's good and interesting that you clarified all of that but I mean I guess what I was saying about the 2016 election is I remember going to vote and it was such a festive atmosphere and we were so excited and first woman president it was going to be amazing and then to then the next day walk around my neighborhood I mean it was if I I, I've to this day never seen anything like I mean people were openly crying crying in the streets in Chelsea and um you know, so I think I still have a kind of a very visceral reaction. I love the voting by mail for two reasons. Um, yes, I miss the experience of going to the polls uh, because I, again, have found it very powerful. And I love, again, the community where you go to your polling place. I Mine was in a high school. You know, they're usually in high schools, churches, things like that. And um, there's a wonderful sense of community that I do do miss quite a bit. 
But what I think is really interesting um, about the vote by mail is I feel like I'm a much more conscientious voter because I used to just vote straight ticket. um, And then I would kind of just guess on the measures and the local politics stuff and the nonpartisan elect um, races. And now I feel like I actually have time to sit there. And I think it makes me a better citizen because although I I did vote a straight Democratic ticket, um, once we got down to the local level, there were some Republicans that I considered. And I loved that being able to actually do that research um, gave me the time to be a little more open minded and then to also truly research the issues that affect um you know, my community and actually the ones that will affect my taxes and my money. So that was really interesting. And then I love like we have our nonpartisan mayoral election here in our town. And it was it's one of those those um, elections that really make you realize that like a party system is not yeah, isn't not always <laughs> helpful. It's not great um, because both candidates are excellent. I will be happy with either of the outcome. But for example, are uh, the one candidate is a gay man married with a black son, but he's supported by the police force here in our town. And our other candidate is a woman, you know, also very similar platform, um, civic leader, et cetera, et cetera. So both excellent choices, yeah, but interesting. different things about each of them made me really rethink the way I look at partisan politics. So I love that. And I don't think I would have that experience because I'm just, I wish I were better about this, but because I get tend to get nervous when I feel like, even if I've done some research, when I'm like in there in the polling booth and I'm like, I have to make the decision and I can't remember was, was it this measure or that measure or this guy or that guy? And you can't like take notes with you. So anyway, so I really like that. But you know, Maddie, I feel like I am very attached to the outcome of this election tonight, but I do say I mean, clearly, I'm Biden 2020. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm attached to the, the. Yeah, I shouldn't say I'm not. I'm not like just sitting back, being like, I don't care who wins. Like, I do. Yeah, I do yeah. care. But I, I do. I, but I. But you know what I mean? It's like the general. I think maybe it's because I follow politics and I really like it, and like, yeah, no, I've I been agree. thinking about it every day basically for the last four years, yeah. and I think there are a lot of people where it's like they kind of put their hat in the ring around election day and they put a lot of emotion into like the day itself. I'm also not convinced we're going to get, I've been talking about this all week. Like I'm not convinced we're going to get results tonight. So I'm like, why are we for lack of a better phrase, blowing our load on our emotional feeling tonight when, you know, you got to pace yourself a little bit. It's 2020. There's a lot of stress around. So I think like, I don't know. I just have a little bit more even keeled approach, yeah. but that no, doesn't I mean think... I don't care who wins, you know? Yeah, no, no, totally. And I think that that's smart because I, and I think the good thing is, is that even if, I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be at all like impartial here, even if Trump wins, like at least now we have an end date. And I think yeah, that was thank so, <laughs> I know, right? But that was what was so stressful, I think, about the last four years is the whole time we were like, oh my God, he could get elected again. Well, at least now we'll know. And yeah. I doubt he's going to And then there will be a definitive the end date. Yeah. Yeah, totally. there's a definitive end date. I mean, and I am afraid as much as I want Biden to win, I, I am afraid of there being violence from the red side, you know, against, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't I mean, know. I it's think very there's a lot of bad things that could happen. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've been getting a lot, obviously being in New York, I'm sure you got this in Oregon too when all the Portland stuff was happening people being like it's Oregon 
falling to the anarchists. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's Oregon is fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like that every day. Like, I got a number of text messages today being like, oh, my God, I can't believe you, like, waited until election day to vote in person in New York because, like, what if it devolves into chaos and then you can't vote? I'm like, it's fucking fine. It's been fine during the George Floyd stuff over the summer. It's been fine during COVID. Like, that doesn't mean... When I say fine, it doesn't mean that it's been great. It doesn't mean I'm, like, skipping around being like, this is the best ever New York has ever been. No, but it's like, I just hate... This is me getting on my soapbox, but now since we've just turned this (laughs) podcast into us ranting about the election, I just, like, hate when people turn, like, cities that they've never lived in into, like, a voyeuristic thing where they're like, well, I saw in the Daily Mail that there's a bunch of, like, homeless people in New York now. Like, I can't believe you live there. I'm like, yeah, there's homeless people in New York. It's a big city. There are homeless people. But there's, like there's people that live here like this is my home like I would never I think it's so arrogant and like it just bothers me so much when people are like why can't you just leave your home and go to like a safer place I'm like this is my home I own this apartment this is my like legal address I'm not leaving my home just because like it's a little bit of a contentious time granted like during the COVID stuff Mm-hmm. At the beginning, I did leave because I, f- I feared before we knew more for my physical safety. But since then, I've left for, like, trips and stuff. But, like, yeah. I'm not just abandoning ship. I'm not abandoning New York. And for people who are sitting in their, like, comfy suburban homes to be like, well, New York, it's just, like, done. It's a ghost town. Like, I, I just hate that shit. And it's, like, mm. going again, going to the poll today, it was, like, these are all people that live within, like a few blocks of me and we're all together and it's like we all decided to vote on election day mm-hmm. but with that being said I do think it's funny like not funny it's kind of funny in like a perverse way but I just think it's mm-hmm. very interesting like I fear more for my parents in Michigan or like your friends and family from your childhood in Pennsylvania than I do mm-hmm. for New York or Portland even though it's counterintuitive because they're bigger cities and there's more population density. Because to me, I'm like, okay, probably 80% of the people that live here voted for Biden. I'm just guessing. We'll see how it shakes out. Probably 70 or 80%, at least mm-hmm. in my voting district. Probably even more than that. And so I'm like, okay, if Biden wins, everyone's excited. If Trump wins, why would you... No one's going to be like destroying the community of the people that are all on your side so the only ones that would actually do that in new york are like either the police acting in bad faith against real people marching which is a possibility Mm -hmm. or it's outside agitators that the fbi has and the the police force has been set up for months waiting for this so that's where i'm like oh don't look at new york that's what i've been telling my family in michigan i'm like new york's gonna be fine like, my parents had a yard sign. This is, like, very minor, but it could escalate into more. Like, my parents had a yard sign in their suburban home, and it got vandalized while I was home the last time. Like, that's yeah. never happened. My mom is very involved in local politics. It was not, like, a Trump or Biden sign. It was for a local politician, and their uh-huh. local political sign got vandalized. And that's yeah. never happened in any other election yeah. in my lifetime, at least. And, like, it's never happened to my parents before. And so that's what worries me in places like Michigan, where it is very divisive, 
and I think it could come from both sides. But in New York, I'm like, it's going to be fine. I don't know. Famous last words. We'll check in later well, and see if I I'm mean, still I here. Well, I the thing is, at the end of the day, like, <laughs> where it's not going to be fine is if you hear people, like, running, you know, having a riot in your street, you're not going to be like, let me go outside and see what's going on. And it's, it's yeah. not like you're, you're going to go outside and be knifed. Like, you're going to, if things look a little shaky down there, you're going to stay the in your floor. apartment. Yeah. I'm on yeah, the fourth it's floor. it's fine. You know, I and also I'm have Corey not... here, and he has many knives, which are technically illegal, and pepper oh. spray. And oh, well, good. You guys are good to He's go. ready. He's ready for, this is like Rambo 2.0. Like, he's ready to go. But, um, no, I totally agree. It's like, I'm not again, trying to be naive and Pollyannish. I live in a big, dangerous city where there's a lot of different bad actors out there. But yeah, in terms of it's very different. Like, I think a lot of people have been equating this moment to the George Floyd protests in the summer. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's very different. It's very different motivation. It's very different people that are going out in the streets like the government and police and like the people that are supposed to be there to protect people and property have been preparing for this very differently like it's just not the same and it's like not a certain outcome and it's not like to me some something like George Floyd being killed that's a very visceral horrible thing that anyone that watched that I would hope had like a negative emotion reaction to it not that you can't have an emotional reaction to someone losing an election but it's not the same as watching someone be murdered on film at least that's how I feel so yeah that's yeah. so, our camp adulthood plea. Don't lose your ever looking fucking minds, guys. Keep it, keep your yes. shit together. Keep it, keep it together. Keep it together. And, you know, and I think also to go on a probably another completely different tangent, I think the one thing that I've really been struggling with over, especially over the past week, is that the language from both sides, but I would say particularly from the liberal side, has been. You know, if grandma refuses to agree that Trump is an asshole, then you must never, ever speak to grandma again yeah. or else you are an asshole. Even if your grandmother has, you know, done many other good works throughout her life. And I think it's coming up time and time again for me where I'm feeling really conflicted because people that I know are, quote unquote, good people are voting for Trump or saying things that I'm being like, I'm sorry, what the what, you know? And it's almost, it's too, and I feel like I get stuck in this position where I'm like, it is not me fighting with you about this is not going to have the desired outcome. Um, Yeah. And and I, I guess I'm just saying is I hope we can get back to the point. I hope that we're not too far gone where we can't get back to the point where we can actually discuss differing and disparate politics without it turning into this, you know, moral. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what the word yeah. is, but kind of moral. Well, it's like a black and white. People see it very yeah. black and white. The thing that I'll also say is like, I have actually by and large, and maybe this is just me being lucky, but even some of the conversations that you and I have had Shay over the past year. And like when we were camping with Chris and stuff, it's like interpersonally, mm-hmm. like, you and I don't see eye to eye on like every single issue, but I think by and large we do see eye to eye and we have the same values and morals. And that's what I anchor on is like, does this person have the same values and morals do I do that I do? The outcome might be different. Also, like 
the needs of Oregon versus New York versus Pennsylvania versus Michigan are also very different. And I think a lot of local politics have been nationalized and sloganized in a way that's very dangerous. Um, And, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, I totally agree. I think if someone, particularly if they're supportive of Trump, part of his rise to power is because people have felt alienated. So if you, as the other person, are saying, I'm not going to talk to you because you voted for Trump, that's only, like, fueling their desire to, like, go further in that direction, which is not helpful especially you know um well and people are motivated by so many different things so i agree and it's like if we don't live in a society where people can be redeemed or change their mind like Mm -hmm. that's not part of living in like a classically liberal democratic society and Mm -hmm. i'm not interested in being in a part of that so i totally agree i've i've struggled with it um I've also struggled with, like, people on the extreme right. I've also struggled with people that are, like, I just want to dismantle the United States and, like, I'm all for, like, anarcho-communism. Like, I have some friends from college that are like that. And I'm like, I also think that that is a really bad idea. So, like, maybe let's not do that. But, like, I don't cut both of those people out. I don't know. It's like... Well, and and I think the thing... Maddie and listeners that we have to remember is the reason why we've been gotten to such a divisive point is because our country is broken in other ways. And we have spent a lot of time this year, you know, talking about systemic racism and talking about systemic poverty and talking about all of these systemic issues that have allowed, um, these politicians on both sides to come to power. And I think, you know, I think whenever I start you know, coming from the Rust Belt and have, and as Maddie does as well, and having seen that type of poverty in rural America, you can, not that you can understand, but you can understand why if someone comes in and promises to, yeah, you can empathize. You can understand why someone might vote that way if they've, someone has come in and promised to restore industry and restore their livelihood, even if they see it all being crap and they're, products of a systemically poor education system. And then it's the exact same thing on the other side. You know, if you've um, been discriminated against and had all kinds of terrible systemic racist things happen to you throughout your life, you're going to, you know, this is going to influence the way yeah. that you vote We're and the way that product you of our share. Upbringing. Yeah. And it, but it, but it's gotten to a point where it's so bad that people think that someone like Trump is the answer. And I'm like, you know, I was saying this to someone earlier today. I was like, there are many Republicans I don't like, but I wish any number of them were running for president today. and not. a lot of people would agree with you. Sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's almost, it's a, um, I see it less of a political moment as I do a cultural moment almost and especially with the lens of the covid pandemic it's like the lens of like joy over fear Mm -hmm. like everyone talks about like science first fiction like that's the big thing with trump whatever but like when i which like i've never been to a trump rally it seems it's doesn't really interest me in many many different saying it doesn't interest me is an understatement but when i what i saw when i watched one 
in in totality, which was a big took up a lot of time and mental energy. Um, watching the couple hours that I did last night, like I saw a group of people that clearly were. It almost made me think of like former guests of the pod, Jillian Richardson's work of people mm-hmm. that have felt so lonely and haven't belonged to something in so long and then coming together in community the same way I felt today in the polls like for them going to that Trump rally it was like a joyful moment and I was actually almost taken aback because like at one point like you always see the like lock her up chants like you know all that like gross stuff that they do but like at one point the crowd started chanting I love you to Trump and Trump like took a step back and he was like I love you guys too and I actually got a little teary-eyed I think I was in a weird emotional point last night but I was like what I've never seen that and you can always spin it in kind of the cynical way of like it's the demagogy it's the like they're looking to him as their savior whatever but Mm -hmm. I'm like truly these people are having a great time they're dancing to the YMCA they're feeling their best selves they get to come out of their house to be in community with people when they've been locked down for months and they're having a beautiful moment of 30,000 people being like I love you like I think that's the part where like I don't see those types of like takes in the media and things like that and that's why like during the COVID times I've always talked about like if you have the time and the resources like watch press conferences front to back like watch the video of the politician talking as opposed to the snippet um you know that gets pulled in the headline on you know doesn't matter what the issue is and it it doesn't you know make me it doesn't really change my opinion but it it helps me understand better which is helpful well it's always good to be able to to be as well informed as possible but yeah yeah I mean, I could go on a whole nother tangent, but I think since we've been on for a glorious 45 minutes, we've done our politics, we've done our update. Um, Should we, how should we, what? Any other things that are on your mind that you want to discuss? Well, I feel like we've deviated um, from our normal format, which is fine because this is is a lot going on. I guess I just want to, you know, as we kind of do our end of the year reflection, just Maddie, tell you how grateful I am oh for God. you and for this project I and know. listeners, how grateful we are for you. Um, and we, you know, this is definitely a passion project for us. You know, Maddie and I do this on top of our full-time jobs and Maddie, I say this every year when we kind of wrap up, but I'll say it again. (laughs) Maddie does the bulk of the work and she is amazing. I just show up and you can all listen to my voice. Um, but you know, we've, we're you find us delightful guests. I do try to find delightful guests. She is delight. We've had many delightful guests, but you know, we're going into 2021. We'll mark our starting our fourth year of doing the podcast. Truly it's crazy. Wild. Yeah, I think we'll be coming up pr- at least on a hundred. Yeah, like in June, two hundred episodes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm just I, I I'm just really proud of us, and I really appreciate all of you for, you know, sticking sticking with it. I know we have a l- small but loyal band of listeners, and we will continue continue this work until people don't want to hear yes, it anymore. So that it. was my kind of wrap up. I know. And our, and our I, listener base is actually growing, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. 
slowly but surely. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. I love this. Obviously, I love to talk. I'm a verbal processor. So this particular <laughs> episode has been very good for me. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no, I find it very helpful. I love people. I love our guests. I love talking to Shay. I love how we've kind of maintained a constant theme, but the podcast has also evolved and it's introduced me to so many people that have impacted my life in a personal way like you know like I was saying at the be- at the top of the episode Lily Womble I was just talking with her and like I'm planning on working with her in some capacity moving forward in 2021 and like she was someone that would have never come across us so I think both for personal reasons but it, it makes me so happy like just this week I got a text um, from someone that is a friend Um, But I haven't heard from them in a while. And they were just listening to the episode that we had with Sam Granger, the former Peace Corps volunteer slash friend of the pod slash my bestie. And they were like, oh, I listened to your episode this morning. It was so great to like hear your voice throughout the whole um, house. And I learned so much and stuff. And that really makes me feel good. So thank you for everyone that has listened. So please reach out hello at campadulthood.com or you can DM us at camp underscore adulthood on Instagram or Twitter. And just uh, if you have any ideas, any topics you want to hear us discuss, any guests, if you'd like to be a guest, um, we are collecting more and more stories and we will currently or soon, yeah, currently be booking guests for our January, for our 2021 season that will kick off in January. So uh, let us know. Yes. Right. Love it. I think I think that I think I've covered all the things today. You have. Yeah. All right. Bye, campers. Hope you're right. uh hope, you know, again, election night. Hope the next, you know, three months before we hear from you are good ones. <laughs> yeah. Keep it together. Keep it together. Yeah. Keep it together. Wash your guys. hands. Oh yeah, masks. Wear we didn't masks. even talk about COVID. My God. Yeah, all of Still those things. There. Please stay stay safe, stay healthy. Yes. All we'll right. talk to you next year. Bye. Right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.